The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests as individuals and do not necessarily reflect those of advertisers or sponsors. This show is intended as entertainment and commentary only. The producers strive for verisimilitude, but nothing said on this podcast should be taken as fact by the listener or viewer without performing due diligence. The existence, the physical universe, is basically playful. There is no necessity for it whatsoever. It isn't going anywhere. That is to say, it doesn't have some destination that it ought to arrive at. This is Keep Your Hat On, a show by three nerdy nobodies and one nerdy kind of somebody about nothing in particular. Keep Your Hat On is brought to you by the Narrowband Broadcast Network, NBBN. The focus is on you. By PodSquadPDX.com, painless podcasting. And by the kind support of KYHO fans everywhere via Patreon. Create on your own terms. On this episode, let's see. We got three songs from Chris. Childhood Trauma. Yeah, that sounds fun. We got mm, more surgery stories. Running out of ideas, guys. And the boys talk a bit about attention. De- oh, 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 excuse me. And some FedEx guys here. New action figures arrive. Later, losers. Mr. Brumage signing off. Here's Andrew, Ty, Dr. Mark, and that other guy. Bye. And hello and welcome back. This is Keep Your Hat on the show where hell even we don't know where we're going to go. I'm Andrew Scott, along with my good friends, Christopher Vacano and Ty Robert Anthony, and Dr. Mark Peterson, professor of philosophy at the University of Wisconsin. And we are coming in here today with nothing. We are very empty-handed today, but uh, empty-handed means you always have a hand to pick something else up. But we're just flying by the seat of our pants today. Without nothing, bread is a cracker. Think about it. Oh, oh, do, are you drinking out of the mug of wisdom today? Is that what's going on? He's it, it drinking the something. <laughs> there you it's, go. The <laughs> the it's the mug of the disappearing constitutional amendments. Oh, ouch. Yeah, okay. That works for me. Um, you might notice a little something different in your ears, people. We've got Dr. Mark with a new microphone. We're still, we got a learning curve there, so uh, things will only get better in time. But look at that sexy beast. Uh, hi everybody right exactly make sure you're talking into the right side of that thing there is you want to talk into the right side there is a side to it but uh (laughs) gosh people how's everything going ty you're uh you're back to work you're back to work being back to between work you're still figuring your shit out is that what's going on well it's 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 all it's uh it's raining opportunity on you right now is what it's doing yeah uh it's raining opportunity and uh it's all about the paperwork it's just making it final so uh um have a job started um, a new one recently started a new job and um a bigger opportunity came in through the state and so uh, I'm going to oh, go work sweet. for the man. That's okay, man. From what it sounds like uh, you'll be doing, I'm going to be grateful to know that you're one of the people that's shepherding that process, and that makes me feel really good. I did have a weird, I did have a weird flash though on figuring shit out because, um, you know, I have what? friends from. <laughs> that's weird. So 
I have friends from like lots of other countries who don't speak English as a first language, right? Right. And there are certain colloquial expressions that have hung them up over the years. And the, the main one was uh, hit the lights. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not an English yeah. speaker and you hear that, you go, okay. Why would I? Um, but I remember somebody, one of my, uh, one of my Chinese nieces, uh, somebody said to them, it's like, uh, they, she asked me, she goes, she goes, so Mark, what does it mean? Figure shit out. Because if you, (laughs) you Americans flush everything because so there's no shit. Yeah. So it was like, it was a, it was a little moment. That's all. No, that's, uh, I, I've done a lot in voiceover work. I've done a lot of work, uh, for ESL English as a second language training. And I've, I've had to deliver some really ham fisted lines over the course of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you always run into, uh, colloquialisms and of course, you know, Mark's in Wisconsin, I'm from Wisconsin. And one of the things that oh. I've often had to explain to people is want to come with, Oh, <laughs> you coming with why? Mm-hmm. really? That doesn't, they don't yeah, know that. I don't with. know why this yep. doesn't register to people. It's three words. And if you put wanna them together, with. there's a, there's a, you know, a beginning, middle and end and a participle and the whole thing. It's just like, why can't you right, figure this it's out? A, it's, a, it's a preposition without without a completion. <laughs> it is it is slightly, yes, exactly. But uh, there's, you know, there's other ones, though, Andy. It's like, so that's like a fairly benign one. But it's like when you dig deeply into the Wisconsin idiom. Oh, and uh, it's my so favorite deep. One, it's like, yeah. uh, come by me there once. Yeah, come by me, hey. And it's you can hear the <laughs> German in there, you know, come and see by me, but it's like, come by me there one stereo, ain't it? Or, or like, um, uh, let's d- let's do that one time. Oh yeah, let's do that one time. Oh yeah, yeah. not yeah. twice. Oh yeah, yeah. Not, which is not more twice. Minnesota. You know, I, oh I no, Minnesota. This... Yeah, when you get up there and you wind oh, up. Oh like, yeah, it's in the singing here. song and yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. I ran into this with my Italian cousins when they when they came over. Oh, oh you yeah. mean back uh, when you were, were Italian? It was <laughs> back when they were my cousins. Yeah, oh, good point. That's right. Uh, oh God. <laughs> well, I guess now they're oh, yes, your, that's your right. landscape cousins. has changed a little bit. For His story yeah. just yeah. gets I mean, more I, and more twisted as we go just down. Keep changing. Yeah. Um, These are my yeah, ex cousins. They, they were they were over here in Seattle uh, when I was living in Seattle, so, yeah. uh, studying you know studying at art school. And yeah. one one evening, I was sitting out on the back patio with uh, with my cousin Claude, who uh, I just uh, he and I just like totally enjoyed sitting back, smoking and talking. And I had commented that that you know their English was so impressive even at the point that they arrived. And he said, "Yeah, you know oh, the real yeah. bitch of it." is idioms and uh, colloquialisms yeah. yeah colloquialisms yeah and i was like well cool you know hit me with a few that you have a hard time with and i'll explain them and we start <laughs> going down this list and about 20 minute, minutes into it he, he, he takes a drag off of his cigarette sighs hard and says you americans are just fucked up <laughs> <laughs> wow he could have been coming at that from any of a number of different directions oh, and still because be right. we don't speak English. Is that the problem? It's yeah. Like, who was it? Shaw who said that the Americans English are two great people divided by a common, a language. common language. Is that who that yeah, is? exactly. So, and you know, the only thing that I got here uh, as far as words go, and we'll do it as a. We were talking before the show as to whether or not this deserves to be a full word salad. I believe it's just a word crouton. Uh, I don't even think I'm going to have our announcer, Mr. Bramage. Uh, Uh, make a drop for this but i was last wednesday years old when i discovered that arctic and antarctic literally mean we have bears 
we have no bears. <laughs> That's where we get You're the term. Kidding. No, I'm not. Arcturus, Arcturus bear. Okay. No. Yeah, yeah, Literally, yeah. our Arctic means a place where bears live, and Antarctic means a place where we were fresh out of bears. So, um, and that's the kind of shit that I love to know. And I hit my kid with that, and they were like, "Wait, there, there are no bears in the Antarctic?" And I was like, "No, that's not where polar bears it's live. Like, that's yeah, where penguins no. live. The only mammals that are indigenous to the Antarctic are." Seals, sea lions, walruses, and uh, the rest are all birds, penguins, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But uh, so, so, so I'm immediately curious about the word root. So, is the word root for Arctic like related to Arcturus? Yeah, that's it. Like that, that? I had said that on the way into this this piece. It's Arcturus oh, bear. Oh, so, oh, I missed that. Arc- that that's Arctos okay. I'll, I'll edit it out in post. Oh no, leave it in. Arc- <laughs> no, Arctos. No. I just looked it up in etymology and online. By the way, yeah, a yeah, note please. to our to our listeners. Um, etym online, etym online, oh, one word dot com ooh, nice. is like my word students, nerd paradise. It's like word nerd <laughs> masturbation. It's the, just the, so oh, good, but oh. it's mutual, Andrew. So it's okay. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's no, true. Um, exactly. This There's is one, consent this is this, involved. This is the site that is because I can't stop. My, I was I discovered at some point years back now that I can't stop my f- students from actually playing with their phones during class. Mm-hmm. So I make them. You can't do it. They're they're smarter than you are because they've been practicing all through high school hiding it and shit. Right. Right. So um, I make them put the app for this site on their phones. And so if I see anybody fooling with phones, I make them look up the etymology of something. We <laughs> 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 little buggers. You mean is there something legal in not being able to get the disarm their phones? Because I'm just thinking with a day's worth of work and a couple hundred bucks worth of brass, I could just make a gigantic <sighs> Faraday cage out of your out of your classroom. That's, yeah, been but a, I, text, that's been a big deal, especially with concert venues. I don't see why there would be a legal issue. I mean, there are stores that do that. Um, yeah, but they, those stores have been taken to task uh, both uh, by way of public opinion and legally. Yeah. Uh, there are, there are uh, people saying that you can't disarm somebody's phone without their permission. Right. Well, which is when you buy the ticket, you're buying into... Well, that's the argument as far as paid admission for things. Yeah. yeah. Aren't right. there in fact like whole new like phone lockout devices that yeah. have been showing up at concerts and stuff? They're they're in concerts you put them in the churches. That's it. Churches were starting to do this in order to get I love the people. idea of people being too busy to talk to their God. Right. That is just, you know, it's like, I'm uh, sorry, I'm, I'm right in the middle. I'm right well, in the middle yeah, of a jewel here, Father. Told, yeah, no, 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 no. This is important. This is you. on Twitter. This is a Twitter yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, I tell you what, everybody, we're going to wind up coming back talking some kind of bullshit nonsense, and we hope that you enjoy it. But for now, we're going to figure our shit is, out. Yeah, aren't this we? is That's pretty much do. what we got going on. This is the Narrowband Broadcast Network. I'm Andrew Scott. That's Ty Robert Anthony. That's Chris Picano. That's Dr. Mark Peterson. We're the guys from Keep Your Hat On, and we'll be right back in just a second. Who the hell knows what we're going to do? Hang on. Hi, everybody. This is Andrew Scott, the host and producer of the Keep Your Hat On podcast. Look. This pandemic has been really hard on all of us. There's no question. Things were so bad for so long. Everybody locked away, praying to stay healthy, hoping for a solution. 
And for a while, things started legitimately getting better. But now, just when we were thinking we could get back to some kind of normal, we have the Delta variant, which is much more transmissible, like 60% more. And it makes more people sicker, including young people. We may be through with coronavirus, but coronavirus is sure the hell not through with us. Feeling helpless feels awful. But we are not helpless. Both of the MNRA vaccines are highly effective against both the Gamma and Delta variant, especially when it comes to keeping people out of the hospital. Statistically speaking, if you get either MNRA shot, your chances of getting coronavirus are very, very low. And if by some unfortunate quirk you do, your chances of passing it on are significantly lower. Your chances of having to be hospitalized are even lower. And your chances of dying are nearly zero. Yes, both Pfizer and Moderna are working on variant-specific boosters right now. But honestly, any shot of any kind is better than remaining unprotected. Truth is, the more unvaccinated people we have, the more mutations and variants we'll see. And there's a chance they'll be even worse than what we're dealing with now. You're sick of this, we're sick of this. So do what it takes to help fight it. Do everyone a favor. Keep wearing your mask in public, stay vigilant, and get your damn shot, any shot. That's how we fight this fucking virus. For all of us. In the US, go to vaccines.gov or contact your local health authority worldwide to find out where to get yours today. This has been a public service message from the KYHO team. Because while we were in break, we started a decent conversation that we'd like to make you all a part of. So we're going to flash back here for a second. Hey, hey, Mark. Just real quick. Do you find, have you ever had the experience? Because I had the experience, I had this experience once uh, uh, when I was facilitating a class. Oh, yeah. This, This woman was on her phone the whole and i mean this was a six-week series right and halfway through no halfway through uh uh we had this discussion and i just pulled her up i said so what was it that i started the class with and she verbatim she knew exactly this thing was the way that kept her actually concentrated on me and on this class this is weird truth. Now, so I have I have had ADHD students, right? Now, of course, but, yeah, but but we didn't call it that when you were young. We just no, called it hyperactive. True. Just <laughs> keep yeah. Andy away from the sugar bear. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. Um, but um, uh, I've had people like so, but because they got they have paper now, right? If they actually have paper, then we actually accommodate them. 
And this sounds like a fucking nightmare, and it's absolutely not. It's like easy as pie to do this. But I had one kid years ago. So I've had kids who say that they have to keep on their phone because that is what actually helps them focus. And that's what you were saying, right? Yeah, yeah. I've had knitters, too. This was a question. It's like, I've had people, you know, is it okay to knit in a meeting? It's like, I've had people who go, I have to do this because it helps me actually be occupy like one chunk of my brain that's that's like a busy bee otherwise right mm-hmm. and then this then they can then they can focus on what you're saying yeah and i agree that it it's a real thing i mean i've had adhd uh yeah. you know undiagnosed yeah um and then when i finally got diagnosed <laughs> uh back in like 2002 2003 oh man i it suddenly explained a lot of my behaviors yeah. Um, yeah. and i can see people using something like that as well, that explains a, your behavior right exactly um well, no you know. i can see i can see them <laughs> using it as a tool to sharpen focus because yeah one of the things that i have learned is that when you're dealing with the executive functions of your brain um you've got things that create focus and things that create static and coming at it from an engineering and, and a you know uh, an audio engineering point of view, if you can uh, mitigate static, you can mm-hmm. make everything else right. better. And mm-hmm. it suddenly, right. oh shit, that's why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, I can turn the volume so, down on that part yeah, by doing you, this. I'll you tell you what: your I, signal to noise ratio. Me. By the way, some of this should be going into the programming. Production Andy here. Good idea, boss. Let's do that. What follows here is patched together from our off-camera discussion and our current discussion. It's kind of like uh, wibbly wobbledy time travel, only much more boring. So, Ty, what were you saying? Yeah, what were you saying? Well, what, what I was, what I was saying was uh, this: what this really brought home, and this this particular student was, um, I mean, intelligent. Like she could do the math in her head faster yeah, than yeah. you could put it in the in the in the calculator. Almost savant-like, um, you know. Uh, and, and so what this brought home for me was that, and, and we see it more and more now and, and, uh, was, uh, a collection of fidgets, whether it's like the oh. mandala printouts that, and the colored pencils or the Play-Doh or mm-hmm. whatever it is so that you can actually, you have something tactile to do while you know the programming is going on whether it's well, a and workshop they do know or... that a tactile reinf- reinforcement and, and tactile practice oh. is a big part of the add and adhd mental model um being able to do feeling like you're you know and i mean my thing was if i wasn't doing anything i was just sitting there vibrating um, exactly. And, exactly. And, and mm-hmm. so being able to focus that energy in a given direction, just so long as it doesn't interfere with everybody else's around you, their techniques. But I think yeah. that's one of the things that's really well, started happening over the last 10, 15 years is we've kind of figured out that not everybody is the same. Not everybody can just <laughs> buck, buck up and do it the same way. No, and so no. if you give people some room for those techniques... I mean, no, you don't want somebody, you know, sitting there in, in, you know, philosophy 101, you know, building a, a model of old iron sides. Okay. That's a bit extreme. That would be a little distracting. Actually, I would kind of enjoy that, but, um, but allowing, <laughs> frankly, allowing people to be different and oh, allowing yeah, yeah, yeah. approaches to manage their, their learning needs or their attention needs. Yeah. If it doesn't harm anybody else, just 
go about your you know, fucking I, day. I right. think and, people and, used to yeah. people used to do things like so. And I'm she's going to go nameless, but my colleague, one of my colleagues in psychology, who Andrew knows, um, is who is one, of, and I'm going to not name her because she's probably one of the smartest people I've ever met, and I don't want to give her the satisfaction of hearing me say that. Um, <laughs> she's awesome, but so Margaret, it's Margaret, and but so Margaret at every fucking meeting. Margaret draws the same. You remember the 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 magazine? Can you draw Bambi? Remember those? Oh, right. yeah, yeah. You draw oh yeah, yeah, or the turtle? Yeah, yeah. Margaret <laughs> draws the, the same. And this is some kind of weird psychology thing. But Margaret draws the same fucking face a million times. She doodles that sucker during meetings over and over again. It's her totem. It's, it's, it probably I, is. I had a, a after, afternoon after school care at the house of another family that that went to that school, and mm-hmm. the mom who looked after us. She kept this notepad by the phone, and she did exactly the same oh, thing. It was yeah. always uh, the same the face by the over phone. and over yeah. and over again. But yeah. I gotta tell little... you, it was an ego check for me, right? Awesome. Uh, uh, oh. Because they weren't, this person or, or the people consequently after or before, um, uh, they weren't paying attention. They weren't paying attention to me and what I was saying uh-huh. and, and the information yeah. that I was relaying. And um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was really it was really a light on moment. So it's like, oh, okay, I get why you need fidgets now. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to check in to make sure that you are soaking up the information. Oh, that's really good, Robert. It's sure. not about me. Yeah. It's yeah. about you and whether you're getting the information you need. And you're right, well, and, putting and yourself also... in, putting yourself in going, why aren't you paying attention to me? I mm-hmm. am the instructor. I am giving you the benefit of exactly. this information and not filtering it through, this is what you need to do to successfully absorb this information. Yeah. Yeah. We well, commonly I... call it meeting the client where they're at. Right. Yeah, that's right. Good. Ty, uh, you know, that's a really good observation and insight and realization on your part. That's what I do. That they were able to, (laughs) you know, that they're... uh, I self-analyze myself all the time. They were able to make adaptations (laughs) to be able to absorb, Mm -hmm. but the one thing that within the scope of absorbing and making those adaptations they could not do was give you conventional signals of them paying attention. Yeah, 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 and oh, yeah. and that was that, and and so that's what you were responding to, in the in the gut feeling was you weren't getting those signals. So, you know, in 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 your prior conditioning, okay, if I get those signals, I'm paying attention, right? Exactly. But if oh, well, I yeah. don't get those yeah. signals, I'm not. So you know, eyes front, not a lot of motion. You know, yeah. a, a nodding at the right time, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Some pre-concept remember. of what paying attention looks like, right? Right. Oh, exactly right. so. And it doesn't that, even look yeah. that way for me. Paying no. attention doesn't look like the way that I was putting <laughs> it on them, right? And so, uh, very, very interesting. And it was just a really, really nice, uh, uh, like I said, light bulb moment. It's a great it lesson. Just, yeah. And it makes me flash back to uh, when I was in uh, fifth grade at the Arkansas Elementary School. The teacher will go uh, unnamed because uh, <laughs> I, I really want to mention the name. Karma's but, funny. Um, you can just let that take care of itself. This Andrew, guy. Hi, everybody. This is Serious Andy for a change. And I want to take a minute to talk about something here. I want to be clear that I am in no way making light of physical, mental, or emotional abuse by discussing this part of my childhood education in what some may see as a lighthearted or offhanded way. After I came across this part of the recording, 
I took some time to reflect, and I kind of had a realization that this teacher truly did abuse a number of my friends, fellow students, and me personally, and it affected me way more than I ever realized. Now look, I'm not going to do that bullshit, it was a different time thing. Locking kids in cabinets, throwing things at them, humiliating and ridiculing them for their bodies, their attention spans, their differentness, was and is flat out fucking wrong. Was then, is now. And was and is completely and utterly inexcusable. It's no wonder why Gen X and some boomers too held figures of authority especially in the world of education, in such contempt. Yeah, I'm sure that the 70s teachers were honestly struggling to manage the greater needs of the growing number of neurodivergent kids like me. But fuck, think about how it was for us. Abuse is abuse. And make no mistake, this was abuse. And to the teachers who did that to me, to us, well, 50-something-year-old Andy has something to say on behalf of 7-year-old Andy. Number one. I remember what you did. And number two, fuck you very much. Now let's get back to the show. I promise to be more lighthearted on the other side of this. Um, it, was, it was kind of amazing how much abuse we experienced at the hands of a number of elementary school teachers. Yeah, I, I, was, I was locked in a broom closet with a friend of mine, a sports equipment Holy closet. Uh, I was locked in there with a... With a yardstick uh, slid through the handles, and then he beat on it with a baseball bat for a while. Um, we would often we would often get our mouths taped shut with masking tape. Um, but was this, this dude, a Catholic school? No, this was just a <laughs> well, good old. I was going to um, say Catholic school was, I think, even wow. worse. But and that's just it. I never wow. went to Catholic school except for uh, CCD. Um, uh, you know, I got my Catholic education later when I was in, in you know, secondary. But this, this mm. particular teacher had the ability to hit you with an eraser at such a distance. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. We would be hiding in the corner behind, oh. you know, remember those cardboard bricks that they had that looked like real bricks? But mm. we'd, build, we'd build a wall. We'd build a fort. We'd be, I mean, deep hunkered down. And this... Fucking eraser would bounce off the back wall and literally <laughs> land in our laps. You know what that reminds me of? You know what that reminds me of? I didn't have that in school, but I had a grandma and she had shoes. <laughs> I swear to God, if this guy could figure out a way to have made a Claymore landmine with, with chalk and erasers, it would have happened. Tell you what, folks. We're going to come back with something even more fascinating and exciting here. We don't really know what it is, but at some point, we'll talk music with Chris and his three songs. But in the meantime, this is Keep Your Hat On. That's that guy. There's the other guy. The third guy's over there. This is me, and we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Michael, your stalwart announcer here, the voice of the Keep Your Hat On podcast. We really hope you're enjoying the shows we put out every month and the bonus goofiness we try and throw in. If you do, we'd really appreciate your support. 
While we'd love it if you could help us out with a monthly donation by heading over to patreon.com slash nbbn, please don't forget that you can also support us by telling your friends, relatives, the hot Amazon delivery guy, hell your potted fern, about the show, and do the like, click, and subscribe thing. That's free, and it helps us out more than you might suspect. We just want to keep putting something good out into this bananas world at this extra bananas time. And we want you along for the ride. No matter what, thanks so much for audio visualizing. Now, let's get back to the show. Keep your hat on. This is the show where we don't know where we're going to go, and neither do you, but we are going over to Ty Robert Anthony. There. I was just trying to get his attention. He's playing with a fidget. And uh, Dr. Mark Peterson. <laughs> and uh, let's go over to Chris Vacano for... Oh, yeah. My Three Songs. Starring Chris Vacano. Chris, what do you bring into the table, or I guess to our ears today? What's going on? All right, so I've got I've got kind of a I think a kind of an interesting mix. I've really been getting into lately uh, soul and funk music, especially oh, yeah. kind of okay. m- yeah. more modern, more modern soul and funk. So so I kick it off. Uh, you know, the first of my three songs is uh, "You're Not the Problem" by Michael Kiwanuka. And I got turned on to this uh, listening to Strombo, which is kind of my go-to for when I'm working okay. um, on on Apple streaming. And uh, this song just like totally stood out from the rest, uh, this, this track for me. And so I started digging into Michael Kiwanuka. And where where I go with the music, why, why it's so uh, captivating to me is he's sort of breathing new life into kind of the Bill Withers, Marvin Gaye kind of era right. of music, mm-hmm. but taking it in a really, really current modern direction. Yeah. So uh, move on. What's uh, what's number two on your list here? So num- number two on my list uh, is staying with the, with the soul and funk is a cover band from LA called Scary Pockets. <laughs> and they're primarily a YouTube band, actually. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating to me about Scary Pockets is that the band is actually two guys. 
Um, Scary and, then, and pockets. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Easy uh, to remember. So, uh, sort of like, oh, by the way, which one's pink? <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> right. there you go. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> and, and they are well connected with, with musicians throughout L.A., Mm-hmm. And so they have this kind of revolving door of mm. different session players and other musicians that are up and coming, other, uh, you know, some that are already So it's definitely well more a project, not a band. It, it is, yeah. And, and their focus is on funk music and doing, doing these reinterpretive covers. Uh, and this was really cool. Yeah, the the one that I picked, they did a they did a cover of Everybody Wants to Rule the World. And what's so oh. awesome about it is it's not just your typical cover where they're kind of doing a rehash and they're following No, it is it's, it's more a reinvention. Yeah, they take it to a whole different yeah. place and and really what I what I love about it is the meaning of the song really kind of is allowed to blossom in yeah, I agree. in in a way that that Tears for Fears totally had it. I don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm. I'm oh yeah, by way of Zeitgeist, it's, it yeah, it yeah. really captured a moment in time back then. But their contemporizing yeah. of it now uh, was really refreshing to me. Yeah, and in the way that they did it, especially in the vocalization, it makes it kind of a bittersweet song. It's there's a melancholy, there's a, a, a melancholy it. and a helplessness to it that mm. that. You know, we're all jockeying for the same resources kind of thing. Excellent. Now, yeah. number three. Number three. Okay, so this this one I came across right about the time that Dave Grohl did the Bee Gees tribute album. Yeah, and then a couple the, a couple months ago. Yeah. And then the and then the Metallica album came out with all of the covers. Mm-hmm. You know, the the, mm-hmm. the anniversary album. Yeah, uh, and black. suddenly it's like there are covers, covers everywhere. Uh, now this it has this, been trending. People, yeah. big bands doing covers of, particularly of uh, music or artists that you wouldn't kind of figure they'd be down and, into. And that's where this is headed. Absolutely mm-hmm. good, good tea up there. Um, <laughs> that's as, what he does. As I was kind of going through all of this. I I hit on a cover that I think is it, it just fills me with such happiness, uh, and that's "Happy Together" by Weezer. You know, oh, Weezer is, yeah, and uh, I mean, you know, Weezer got super noticed when they did the cover, of course, of Africa by Toto, because they used to do it live, and everybody in their mm-hmm. in their fan base said, no, you, we need this, we're mm-hmm. living for this, give this to us. And mm-hmm. so they did a whole album, they also did a, a great, wonderful cover of Aha, Take yeah. On Me. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, um, they did. And, 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 the, and the video for that is super fun, because if you watched... Um, Stranger Things, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, I forget his mm-hmm. name. I will put it right here because I can do that in post. Um, but uh, the the prime actor from Stranger Things stars in that video, and they did a fantastic uh, treatment, a la the original Take on Me video, and it was just a ton of fun going mm-hmm. back and and you know I'm I I am. I'm enjoying 80s nostalgia. I, I'll, I'll admit it. I, I've sort of had this epiphany about Weezer recently. Uh, wheezing and, and this epiphany? Be, yeah. A wheezing <laughs> epiphany, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, and, and this may be controversial, and I'm sure a lot of people might disagree with me, but, but 
since the time that Weezer really hit it big with uh, Buddy Holly, they've quietly been building to the point where they are they're they're one of the most underrecognized bands for how influential and how omnipresent they have mm. been. I mean, they have sort of been. They've sort of taken the sneak around route to becoming rock gods. Being able to do a cover in a way that pays tribute to the original sonically and with lyrical content and all that as well. And have it sound really close, but you got your own flavor in there. And Weezer Mm -hmm. has done an absolutely fantastic job of doing that throughout their whole career. They do a great cover of War Pigs. By Sabbath. Yes. yes. Um, oh, I never heard that one. That's oh, awesome. yeah. yeah. And their cover yeah. of Africa is fucking phenomenal. Better I mean, than the original. It's I'm going to say. Yeah. But what I really enjoyed about that as we wrap up my three songs here, I'll toss it back to you, Chris. But um, the whole thing with Weezer doing Toto's Africa comes back around, and hopefully I'll be able to dump video in here. Toto, who is still a going concern, actually came on stage and did a really mm-hmm. fantastic job of Weezer's hash fight. makes me really happy when um the the other band um takes it in good humor and takes it as a bit of a tribute because i mean honestly anybody could have looked back at the weezer uh africa by toto thing and gone really you guys are unmothballing that that actually makes a lot of sense to me you know if you understand how toto came about and you know their history i mean Toto is a band of session players that was pulled together by the Porcaro brothers, who were exactly also right. very well-known session players. So, uh, basically, they all cut their teeth playing other people's music. They were all hired guns. Yeah. Uh, yep. I, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and they were like, they were like, fuck this session shit, let's make a band. Exactly. No, this is a sound that we can, we can move forward. We can market this, because it's mm-hmm. fucking good. Hey, Andy? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that we're putting these songs on a playlist on Spotify. How yep. am I going to reach out and find that playlist? You are going to reach out and find that playlist by pulling up Spotify and searching Keep Your Hat On. Or you can probably search My Three Songs. There's going to be some text under here that also shows exactly where you can go because I never figure most of this shit out until I'm in post anyways. Yeah. So, but we will make sure that you can link to the, my three out. songs playlist. Um, but meanwhile, Chris, thanks a lot for bringing in some good music. Mm. Uh, we are always having fun with music, but we are always also having fun with this dumb little show of ours. And it is time for our final break. We will be back in just a second. That's Dr. Mark Peterson. That is Ty Robert Anthony. That is Chris Vacano. I'm Andrew Scott. This is Keep Your Hat On. We will be right back. You're tuned to NBBN. The Narrowband Broadcast Network. The focus is on you.
we're back for the final segment of Keep Your Hat On. I'm Andrew Scott. Wow, I don't even know how to pronounce my own name. I'm Andrew Scott, along with Ty Robert Anthony and Christopher Vacano and Dr. Mark Peterson. And boy, folks, we wish you were here during the break because we just had a fantastic conversation about music that we didn't plan on. And maybe you'll wind up getting some of that as bonus material. Mm. But, you know, I... From last episode, uh, I regaled everyone with my story of uh, landing in the hospital again, but that did prompt both Dr. Peterson and I and Chris to kind of uh, mentally go back in our uh, our psychic Rolodexes and try to find some of the fun stuff that we've gone through in the hospital. And there, there is some. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the human capacity to try to find something funny or absurd to laugh at through suffering uh, or I, I'll speak for myself uh, in that way but uh, let's compare war stories here um, there is a there is a, mine's, there is, go ahead Andy. go ahead Mark well okay yeah, no, well, there is this great uh, there is this great Buddhist principle about uh, joyful participation in the sorrows in the, the world. sufferings of the world and yep. uh, this is a way to get at that also um, just a, a little heads up warning for you guys in your 40s you're starting to sound like old men with the health shit yeah, and you gotta, be, you gotta just, you know, put in, put a little flag there and stick a pin in it and go. Am I talking about my health again? It's like, yeah, because yeah. this gets, this gets worse as you age. Okay, so oh, um, and the pills, the pills that you gotta take. Oh, e- all, and the comparisons all the and all the rest of this. I will tell you this, uh, my friend Sherry Han. We had um, when I was uh, for I think it was our thirty-fifth or fortieth uh, high school reunion. A bunch of us staged this counter. Re- I know. Yeah, I know. There's a bunch Sorry. of us, a bunch yeah. of us staged this like counter prom reunion where it's like we're not fucking going all the way to high school. Let's let's just go downtown Chicago have have dinner. And Sherry and Sherry was wise enough. She put up she put a group together on Facebook for us, and she goes, "Okay, everybody, look. First of all, no spouses at this thing, just us. And and I want you to this tell is us, all the back. This is all the back channel planning, right? And she, but this yeah. is the important one. And Sherry was was freaking genius for doing this. She goes, uh, everybody." Tell your health stories now because we're not talking about health oh, when we good. get to this dinner. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's people, get it out of the way. People yeah. dumped shit yeah. out, and like I'd had prostate surgery, which is a treat yeah. with like one of these Borg robots, <laughs> right? Yeah. Which was, I have a funny story about that that's too long for today. But anyway, I'll tell you the funny one. This is so, I, um, this is this sort of sets a good tone. I had a basal cell carcinoma on my nose, and I have to say, it's like I've broken bones, you know, and shit like this. and the most pain I ever had in my life was the Novocaine going into my nose before they did the Ugh. surgery. All right. Okay. So that was for the biopsy, but that's not the funny part. So I, so I, I call my dad, Dr. Dad, and he says, right. he says, are you going to come visit us in the next couple of, in the next month or two? This was like around Christmas. I said, yeah. He goes, do not let that idiot doctor up there touch your freaking nose. <laughs> come down here. I got a friend of mine who's a plastic surgeon who will do it and we'll, we'll get it done properly for you. It's like, okay, dad, right? Okay. So I go. Yeah. And so I'm on the table and, oh man, these guys, these plastic surgeons, of course, are really slick, right? And they're very sophisticated because they have to, you know, they have to massage egos all day. Right. So this, so they, they lay me out and, and this guy had great technique of sort of gently stabbing to get the Novocaine in and stuff. This is fine. Gently stabbing. Well, it's like you just put a little pressure on the thing and then you, you, you prick yeah. at it instead of like, the guy I had it originally was like, just stab my <laughs> nose. Okay. <laughs> So they get me numbed up and stuff. It's all local. It's all this local for my schnoz, right? It was a little guy, right? Mm-hmm. But they have to make sure. So okay, so I'm on the table. They put a, they put a gentle cloth over my eyes, like a uh, yeah, you know, protect and the, your and eyes. The, and and the, shit, the yeah. pretty nurse has got her hand there and, and a hand on my arm. 
And and so Dr. Green is this Joe Green is a great guy. Starts cutting away and stuff, and he's going, Are you comfortable? And okay, blah, blah, blah. It's like fine. So we're we're actually having a conversation during the surgery. And at one point I realize he is um he's using a cauterizing scalpel, right? So that oh. as he's cutting, it seals so there's no blood and all the rest of this. It's really clever. <laughs> but I realize at some point that what I'm smelling is my own is. nose. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, not only that, to be clear what cauterization is for the people at home, it's burning. Yeah, it's burning. Okay. So my nose is burning. So here's the thing. So I chuckle and he goes, what's funny? I said, well, I've never smelt my own nose before. And now I have this, pr- you know, I can't see anything, but I can feel the nurse shaking. <laughs> and he had, his, laughing. he had his hand on my shoulder to, you know. And I can, his hand is on my cheek with the scalpel, and I can feel his hand shaking too. too. And so there's this. You don't want his hand shaking. That's what I said next. I said, so it's a terrible idea to make your surgeon laugh during the surgery. Yeah. It's not a time for comedy. It was a moment. That's all. It was, but it was like that feeling that, that, uh, that shaking. It's like, oh, that was a bad idea. Well, at least he didn't come back when you said, I've never smelt my own nose before. At least he didn't take up that challenge by coming back at you saying, that's not your nose. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Chris, what have you got? Uh, You you and I uh, both have pretty storied medical histories due to our conditions, and I I imagine you've banked a few. It better be funny. Long storied medical history. Yeah, so... um, About 11 years ago, I got my knee replaced. So I was, you know, 38 in the hospital getting a total knee. And there are kind of two stories that bookend the surgery that that still amuse me to this day. I think they're funny. We'll find out. You know, we'll we'll start at the we'll start at the beginning of the surgery or or the pre-surgery, actually, when they had me in the prep room. And the anesthesiologist came by to meet with me, and he wanted to have a direct one-on-one discussion with me because of my hemophilia. And uh, right. He, yeah, he was you were a special of, snowflake. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was not just in charge Still of is. you know putting me out and watching my pulse and all of that. He was in charge of administrating the clotting factor and and, and oh yeah and and, yeah. and uh, you know you mentioned the anesthesiologist uh, last yeah, episode from, and from how my, awesome uh, yeah, he from... was. And that's the thing. I think. I think anesthesiologists are the unsung heroes of the operating room. Uh, and it's a preach. tricky business, yeah. right? Oh, it's, oh, well, that's a life and death. Your thing. life yeah. is in their hands while yeah, the surgeon literally. does their thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're the ones that are entirely tasked with keeping you alive. And and so he sat down with me, and and we have this deep conversation about hemophilia, and he's asking me all these questions, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I was up until three a.m. reading about hemophilia." <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, and, well, you kind of want to hear that from him, though. And, well, until 3 a.m., like, though? I was like, you are a rock star. Yeah, but uh, are you rested? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, exactly. he was. I mean, he was totally, because ah. this was like an afternoon surgery. Ah, there you go. Um, ah, okay. So, so then we got to talking. He, he sort of started running me through, okay, you know, this is, this is going to happen, and then this is going to happen. And he's like, and then we're going to catheterize you. And I had never been catheterized before. And, and I'm like, uh, are you going to do that when, while I'm awake? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like starting to get panicky and, and he's like, Oh God, no, that's just rude. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, and I, you know, it was like instant bond with, with this anesthesiologist. And in fact, when I came to, I had Heather go down to the gift shop 
and order like I, I forget what what we sent, but order them and have them sent to his office. It was either a box of chocolates or, you know, a teddy bear or mm. something with a with a card that said thank a dozen, you. A dozen deflated rubber balloons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so that so that was that was the pre surgery piece. Then the post surgery piece. I, I'm sure you can you guys can speak to this too. Is that when you're in the hospital for any kind of period, and they they held on to me for a week. After the surgery again, because well, I of my suppose hemophilia. because of your hemophilia, yeah, they wanted yeah, to make they sure were that you were really, healing really super careful about that. But you know, when you're in the hospital for an extended period, it's a new cast of characters every day, right? Yeah, the, every the, every eight to twelve hours. Yeah, the the internist on the floor is different every cycle. The mm-hmm. the nurses sometimes you get the same nurse twice, but. Mm-hmm. Not not very often. It all depends you know? on where you are in their cycle. Exactly. Yeah. And the shifts and all of that. So every time an internist walked in, they always asked the same question. You know, what's a young guy like you doing in here for a total knee? And I got to the point where I, I would just look at them and say, hemophilia. And they go, yeah. oh, yeah, I didn't oh, think of that. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you know, I've got so many it's probably my next book. Um, for for those of you who uh, haven't haven't heard me reference it, back when I was 15 years old, I broke my neck in a diving accident. Uh, it was in our backyard swimming pool. I just dove wrong, uh, hit the bottom, compressed and shattered my fourth vertebra, and uh, dislocated my fifth. They took a chunk of my hip, glued everything together, and uh, told me I'd never walk again. I walked out of the hospital. One of the funny things is I walked out of the hospital, immediately tripped and fell on my face right outside the hospital. I, I one of the, one of the, uh, still waiting for the funny part. Go on. <laughs> Come on. I was laughing at myself okay, at that point. Right, right. Well, uh, you're the only what, one probably. No banana peels involved in that one though. Yeah. No, no, no it was literally, it was literally a, a, you know, a perfect seam on the concrete. Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, I can still to this day, I can trip by somebody drawing a line on the floor. <laughs> but uh, I, I do remember uh, I spent a month at Community Memorial Hospital oh. where they performed my surgery. Yeah. And then I switched over to Sacred Heart Rehab Hospital in Milwaukee. And uh, I was there for two and a half months. Mm-hmm. But I distinctly remember the very first day I was there. Now, I had been in bed for the better part of three weeks before they even so much as sat me up. One of the problems that you have when you are suddenly immobile and bedridden is uh, your sense of balance goes off because you're not challenging your inner ear. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the last week I was there, they put me in a a big chair and um, I had not been in a standard hospital chair. I was in something that they refer to as a Cadillac chair, which is essentially a gurney that you can sit up. Yeah. uh, And, but it's, literally kind of the size of a Cadillac. And so when I first got to Sacred Heart Rehab Hospital, it was the first time that I was ever in a standardized wheelchair. And there was a lot of hubbub involved in getting me into my room and all that stuff. And I I, I guess due diligence wasn't high on the list of things to do that day because um, one of the things that they neglected to do when you are... Uh, paraplegic or quadriplegic, especially when you're first uh, sitting up in your chair, they normally use something called a gate belt, which is just a clip-on mm. belt. They call it a gate belt because it's it's often there for a physical or occupational therapist to get a hold of you to help you stay in place or move you around. 
But they also use a gate belt for people like me in that situation because I didn't have any control over my hips and my back much. And so they'll, they'll belt you into your chair so you can't fall forward. But they didn't. And I remember them wheeling me into my new room. And my roommate wasn't there at the time. I hadn't met him yet. And uh, they, they pushed me and they said, you know, we'll be, we'll be right back. Just settle in. Like, I can fucking do anything at that <laughs> point. You know, I can barely use my hands. Don't dance. Um, right, exactly. I'm going to get up and bust a move. Well, the move that I busted was they had put me up facing the corner of my, my bed. And if you'll remember, I had discussed in an earlier episode about having an anesthesiologist. This is a theme. Uh, help me out with an itch on my nose. Well, I had an itch on my nose. Okay. And I had just started getting some use of my arms back at the time. And I didn't have a lot. And I still, to this day, this hand, my right hand uh, is only partially functional. And I didn't have a lot of motor coordination. So what I often did was I would fling my arm up and drag it down over my face to get an itch. I missed. Okay. Well, I missed my target, but I hit myself squarely in the face. And in, in reacting to this, I lost my balance and I fell forward on my bed and I was just, and I couldn't sit myself up and other due diligence was not performed that you're often you're always supposed to do for somebody in a wheelchair, especially the somebody with no hand use, is you lock the lock the chair. Yeah, didn't lock the chair. Oh. So now I'm laying forward on the corner of my bed with my chair slowly escaping <laughs> out from behind me, dragging my face across the bottom of my bed until I hear this voice. <laughs> just hear this voice behind me going, "You must be my new roommate." <laughs> and i'm like yeah oh, could you do me a favor and get a nurse <laughs> so wacky good times at sacred heart rehab oh, hospital oh but my I, gosh that's what we got folks this is keep your hat on we're the guys from keep your hat on that's ty robert anthony that is dr mark peterson that is chris vacano i'm andrew scott do us a favor Remember to go to our merch shop and buy shit. It's how we keep the lights on. Uh, go to our <laughs> website, kyhopodcast.com slash shop. Buy yourself something cool. If you want to help us out on Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash nbbn. But what really helps us out is hit like, click, and subscribe on the videos. They make a difference. Mm. It's free, and it helps us out. And let them play but, all the way through. Oh Yeah, yeah. L- launch us. Even if you think we're just being idiots, hit play, hit mute, walk away. Uh, well, but, and, and and we even we even sweeten the deal with with a little piece of candy at the end of every video. So I yeah, mean, if you haven't you been watching all the way through, it's an Easter egg. Yeah, but we're out of here, folks. Have yourself a wonderful two weeks. Take care of each other. Help out your fellow man. Wear your masks. Wash your hands. Get your shots. And we'll see you next time, everybody. And remember, keep your hat on. As we just proved, we may end up miles from somewhere. But uh, take care, everybody. We will see you next time, okay? Peace and bye-bye. Well, there's a chunk of time you can't get back. From Portland, Oregon, this has been Keep Your Hat On, a big little show about a whole lot of nothing in particular. 
Keep Your Hat On is a narrowband broadcast network production in association with PodSquadPDX.com. Andrew Scott, Executive Producer. Robert Anthony and Chris Vacano, Associate Producers. Our theme music was written and produced by Andrew Scott, along with help from Ron Kajawa. Website design and maintenance by Vacano Creative, Chris Vacano Webmaster. Available at VacanoCreative.com. Audio and video production by Andrew Scott, available at andrewscottmedia.com. Got ideas or comments for the show? Email us at talkback at kyhopodcast.com and don't forget to like, click, and subscribe. On behalf of the boys, I'm your announcer, Michael Brumage. Thanks for listening. Uh, I guess. What do I do? Nothing, dear. You're not qualified. Leave it to us. What's that for? That's the machine that goes bing. You see, that means your baby is still alive. And that's the most expensive machine in the whole hospital. Yes, it cost over three quarters of a million pounds. Aren't you lucky? NBBN. The Narrowband Broadcast Network. The focus is on you.